Hello and welcome back once again to the Coffee and Heroes podcast as we introduce you now to our preview show for the month. This is going to be for the May previews books which are the releases predominantly coming out in July though there are a few advanced solicits for titles coming further down the line. So your host as always Alan, owner of Coffee and Heroes and joined as always by my cohort Keith. Good evening sir. How are you? How are you? How's tricks? Hundred percent. I am all good. I am always happy to be doing previews. It's always nice to get a nice look at what's coming out in the future. Although it can be tricky at times, we do this for you guys, so you don't have to see the spoilers that we may see along the way. But it's a risk we're willing to take. We we threw our we throw ourselves on that grenade like Steve Rogers and Captain America. Uh, but unlike that one, these titles are anything but duds. Um. Yeah. So, <laughs> previews books. In case this is your first time listening to the previews podcast, the way comics work is every month you get previews catalogs sent to the store. So you have DC, you have Marvel, you have your indie books, and uh, basically you have a complete list and previews of all the titles coming out a few months down the line. You know, the comic industry probably now more than ever actually relies very heavily on pre-orders. So it's always good to get these titles on your pull list early. It lets stores know how many of titles to order in. And the reason I say it's probably more important than ever is there is a little bit of a paper shortage worldwide at the moment. I think that uh, comic companies are taking less of a risk with overprinting titles. So sometimes they can be a little harder to get down the line if you don't get those pre-orders in. So it's obviously impossible to know everything that's going to hit, everything that's going to be great. But we're here to guide you through the things we're looking forward to most, whether it's characters we enjoy, whether it's creators whose work we love to follow. We just do our best to guide you uh, along the way, as I say. So, yeah, it's always separated into three books. I mean, DC book first up. I mean, I think you'll see a little bit of a pattern with DC and Marvel here, but it's a very heavily uh, event-driven month with DC. There's a big emphasis on the upcoming Dark Crisis. Of course, there's a free comic book day issue coming soon for that. Justice League 75 leading into it as well. But it's very much in earnest by by the, the July time. You'll have you know the, the main series continue, but you'll have tie-in series coming as well. There is a little bit of an expansion of the the White Knight universe coming in uh, July as well with another little sort of sideways mini-series. There's some great collections in the book of of hardcovers and softcovers, some of our favourite titles for the last few months. But for me as a big Batman fan, the two titles I'm looking forward to most, which of course I'll go into in a little bit more detail, are both Batman-based with two of my very favourite writers in the game, one writing Batman and one taking over Detective Comics. And in both cases, they will be starting points for new readers. So uh, definitely a great time to, to be a Batman fan. So yeah, DC book, we'll get into it certainly in a minute. But some strong looking stuff, but maybe a little less than there, there can be maybe earlier on in the year when it's all new series hitting like crazy. So that's DC. What about Marvel? Yeah, as you say, you know, it's, it's April now, but uh, we're looking at uh, July and you know july means middle of the summer means big old summer events and uh usually for us more hardcore fans it's it's kind of something of a, of a holiday in july you know because as you say the the big two are usually in the middle of a of an event or a couple of events or you know events that are that are that are crossing over uh, various titles or within titles and that's really very much the case at at marvel uh in in july we have the big Avengers X-Men Eternals crossover event, Axe, A-X-E, Judgment Day. Uh, and that is, uh, we've had, a, a, I think, a, a one-shot or a, an alpha issue or whatever last last month. And we're really kicking in here with uh, with the first two issues and, and a few tie-ins. And all of those are, as you noted earlier on, whenever we were talking within the, the X family of titles, um, 
Um, that's uh, mostly headed up by Kieran Gillen. We'll get on to it a little bit later. Within the Avengers side of things, uh, which has been very popular with me recently, uh, under Jason Arnn's guiding hand, uh, he continues his exploration of the, the multiverse um, in you know, Avengers and uh, Avengers Forever, but adds another title to that particular group with the long-anticipated Avengers 1 million BC, BC special. Uh, we have Shang-Chi, who will be swinging a little closer to his movie sort of counterpart um, as he inherits the Ten Rings. Uh, Daredevil's got a got a birthday uh, coming up, big 650 issues, uh, and, uh, and 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 a little bit more. But uh, yeah, I mean, for Marvel, a fun a fun month, but maybe a little a little light in the ground for for the hardcore reader. Probably probably plenty of stuff for for uh, for those more casual readers. Yeah, I mean, there's definitely less of an emphasis on the single issues, but there are some absolutely essential omnibuses this month from marvel being solicited which of course we'll get on to as well mm -hmm. and then when we come to the indie side of things i mean usually with the indie book we will go through we'll pick out 50 60 titles you know and then narrow it down to the ones to really recommend but there there is some great stuff this month from again some creators that we are huge fans of but i would say the the sort of jumping on points or the number ones or the original graphic novels are a little lighter on the ground Image, as usual, has a nice strong month. There's a couple of great-looking titles there, including a long, long, long-in-the-works book from uh, one of the, the UK's greatest uh, artists who's going to be you know, doing creator-owned work. There's uh, a sequel to a particular favourite Mark Millar series as well. There's some good comic collections coming together, some nice European stuff as well. And also from Vault Comics, there is one of my favourite uh, titles of the last year or so. Uh, getting a sequel this month as well so so plenty of stuff to to tuck into but we'll start off with the dc book and we can only start off with one place and that is batman one two five 125 issues in doesn't sound like a starting point for new readers but i can assure you it is it's a brand new creative team coming in after joshua williamson has left the title after a short run i think he's moving on to more spearheading the direction of the dc universe for the next little while certainly with dark crisis and so forth so that left a little bit of a void with a batman title and who better to fill it than mr chip zadarsky and jorge jimenez coming back onto art as well having done such great work before with james tinney in the fourth so batman one two five as i said it's going to pair that creative team together there's going to be a backup story also written by chip sadarsky but that one will have art by Belene ortega so i can't emphasize enough please pre-order this title there's a lovely one to 250 variant that alan really really wants so i need pre-orders on this title but also it's going to be great so yeah superstar writer chip Chip Zdarsky joins legendary artist Jorge Jimenez to define a new era in Batman. Bruce Wayne is at a turning point, haunted by dreams of a dark future, while Gotham City billionaires are being gruesomely murdered. With the discovery of an archenemy's involvement and a tragedy unfolding, the Dark Knight's nightmares are just the beginning. Failsafe starts here. And in the backup story, there's chaos in Gotham as the underworld fights over one of its crown jewels, and Selina Kyle is caught in the middle. Can she stop the bloodshed and maybe even make a little money in the process? So, yeah, this is they're they're pulling out all the bells and whistles for this title. Again, Chip Zdarsky writing it, I'm very excited about. You've got variant covers here, free to order variant covers, and what I mean by that is they aren't ratio incentives or anything like that. So if you do see a particular cover, you maybe prefer to cover A, maybe you want as well as cover A. It's certainly available. So there's varying covers by Jim Lee, Gabriel Del Otto, in Hugh Lee, Francesco Mattina as well. Uh, an acetate variant cover by Simon DeMeo. 
Then we move into the variant covers, including that rather beautiful one to 250. So get pre-ordering Batman 125 and let Alan realize a dream of a Chip Zdarsky cover. Uh, 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 I mean, obviously, Chip Zdarsky coming on a Batman sounds exciting, but uh, while Gotham billionaires are being gruesomely murdered with the discovery of an arch enemy's involvement in tragedy unfolding, is that not the plot of the Batman? Well, that's not really billionaires in the Batman. It's more uh, city officials who have been taking bribes. Well, if they were taking big bribes. Well, maybe. Well, maybe. But yeah, yeah no, okay. having Chip coming on, I mean, obviously one of our favourites, doing stellar work with Daredevil, Devil's Reign. And, and the best thing is as well, this isn't Chip moving from Marvel to DC. He's continuing to work on Daredevil, which of course is great news because again, that's been another defining run for Matt Murdock, although nearly every run is a defining run for Matt Murdock because there's always such great creators working on it so I said that there was two Batman titles that greatly excited me this month with two of my favourite writers so one was Batman 125 and the other is Detective Comics 1062 written by Ram V who will be in store at Coffee and Heroes on the 11th of June June, uh, for a free signing but uh, in the meantime, uh, he's going to be uh, he's going to be on Detective Comics one six two one thousand sixty two with art by Raphael Albuquerque. Uh, there's a few variant covers here: uh, Lee Bromeo, G H uh, Williams III from Echo Lands, uh, and Hugh Lee. Uh, so yeah, there's actually I'd be interested in that G H Williams III cover. Um, backup story by Cy Spurrier, um, so that'll be interesting. But I mean, this looks really cool. Uh, the visuals, all the visuals we've seen from this have been have been awesome. It's uh, Gotham Nocturne, part one of four, Overture. It's a new era for the detective of the night as we introduce award-winning new series writer Ram V of Catwoman and the many deaths of Leela Starr. An artist extraordinaire, Raphael Albuquerque of American Vampire and Superman Batman. Together, they'll be turning Gotham into a tragic yet beautiful gothic opera for our eyes and ears to feast on. Something is terribly wrong with Batman. No matter the test Bruce text or the numbers he counts, the greatest detective of the world can't pin down the source of this creeping dread of his own inner demons and a looming mortality. Meanwhile, real demons roam the shadows as an ancient melody haunts the Gotham night. Here now the curtains rise as the eerie tune streams in. Who is human? Who is demon? Who is to tell? As Batman investigates the songs and the demons of Gotham, he is forced to confront the oldest question, whether he has been a demon within him all along, uh, or, and if so, what does it want? And why hasn't it taken over yet? Interesting. Yeah, I mean, very much a jumping on point again. I mean, this this is one of the reasons we do pods like this and, and always talk about these things in store as well. Because if you're a new reader and you say 1,062 is an issue number, you're never going to know to jump on that unless you know. And anytime creative teams change or the, the direction of the book changes a little bit, that's your jumping on point for new readers. And again, anything Ram has turned his hand to in the last couple of years has been has been stellar. You know, doing an absolutely amazing Swamp Thing run at the moment. His Justice League dark backup stories were so good it was worth buying Justice League for, even though they were the backup stories. Mm. You know, doing great work at Marvel as well, Venom, Carnage. Um, yeah, Star is very, very much on the rise. And, and again, as Keith says, we will have an in-store signing with Ram on the 11th of June as a part of our fifth birthday celebration. So, yeah, Detective Comics 1062, that is your jumping on point for that series. So... Uh, Just a quick mention of Dark Crisis. I mean, by the time we hit July, we'll be up to issue two of Dark Crisis. Uh, It's kicked off actually in earnest this week as we're recording with Justice League 75, subtitled The Death of the Justice League. There'll be a free comic book day issue. 
issue one launches in June, but I thought it'd be worth mentioning for July just because the preview art for this looks awesome and it seems to focus very, very heavily on uh, the House of Nightwing burning. So it should have your attention, Keith. And there's a, mm-hmm. there seems to be a big emphasis on this one of a big, massive brawl between Dick Grayson and Deathstroke. So... Yeah, this looks great. Joshua Williamson, as I say, he's moving away from maybe solo titles to being more of an overall sort of shepherd for the the DC universe. Uh, So we'll be hitting Dark Crisis 2 here. But again, keep an eye out for Free Comic Book Day, first Saturday in May, and you'll be able to pick up the the Free Comic Book Day special, which will act as a, a little bit of a prelude for this. But... One I wanted to mention that is a brand new one this month. It's a, a one-shot tie-in to Dark Crisis, and it's called Worlds Without a Justice League Superman Number 1. And of course I had to bring this up because it's a one-shot written by Tom Keane, and if Tom Keane's writing Superman, I am on board. And artist on this is Chris Burnham as well. So, slight spoiler for Justice League 75, if you want to close your ears here, Keith. You know, it is subtitled The Death of Justice League, but anyway... Um, <laughs> When Pry and his forces of the Great Darkness laid waste to the most powerful superheroes of all time, all hope was lost, with the Man of Steel suffering the same fate as that of his comrades. Join us for a look at a world of dreams he would never have thought possible while alive. Where there's life, there's hope, and with that hope comes a deeper unravelling of the tapestry of DC's biggest event of 2022. So, I'm not sure how many tie-in events there's going to be to Dark Crisis. I'm always wary, I think we both are, always wary of too many tie-ins to an event. An event should stand on its own. But I'm always hopeful when I see one-shot tie-ins because if you like the creative team or you like the characters involved, it's not a massive commitment to it. It's not a six-issue tie-in series or anything like that. So I'll definitely be grabbing that one there. So... One that caught my eye and a couple of guys in store have actually mentioned recently as well. There's a a great animated series, Young Justice, and they recently did a new series of it on HBO Max. I'm not sure how you watch it over here in legal ways anyway. But that's a whole other conversation. But they are doing a follow-up comic book to that latest series, and it is Young Justice Targets. So it's going to be a six-issue miniseries. It's written by Greg Wiseman, uh, art and cover by Christopher Jones. So for this one, it is Queen Perdicia has been kidnapped. Mysterious armored assailants have snatched the Vladfian royal from out beneath Bowhunter security, leaving Green Arrow and Black Canary poisoned and comatose in the process. Now a rallying cry echoes around the globe and across super teams to band together and rescue her. Young Justice co-creator Greg Weissman and Christopher Jones bring you an action-packed follow-up to Young Justice Phantoms that will rock the team to its core. Plus, each issue includes a bonus story detailing previously unseen adventures from past seasons of Young Justice as well. So definitely one there for the Young Justice fans with, you know, those unseen parts from previous episodes, but also a brand new story as well. And then the last one I'll I'll talk about here before letting Keith take the, the reins on the DC book is a title called Superman Space Age. This is a brand new number one. It is going to be three issues, but they're all going to be oversized issues. So this is a pricey book. It is a $10 book. It will be square bound prestige format. Not Prestige Plus, Keith, don't be worrying. Mm-hmm. Uh, and will be 80 pages. Now, the reason I'm excited for this is it's drawn by Mike Allred. Written by Mark Russell, who's no mean slouch himself. Great writer. Fantastic Four Life Story was great as a recent example. But Mike Allred, I love his art style. There's something so retro about it. There's something so endearing and adventurous about it. And, you know, we'll get on to an omnibus later on in the Marvel section that is one of my all-time favorites that he was the artist on. So with this one, and it's good to see an emphasis on on Superman as well. I mean, I was making my notes for this pod and it was just like, Batman, Detective Comics, Batman White Knight, 
Batman, 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 which I don't mind sometimes, but at the same time, it's nice to see other characters getting a bit of the spotlight, including the oldest superhero of them all. Mm-hmm. So for this one, it is meet Clark Kent, the young reporter who has just learned that the world will soon come to an end. So this is set around Crisis of Infinite Earths continuity. So this is something very much Marvel have been doing a lot of recently, going back to older continuities and telling new stories. So yeah, this one's set around Crisis of Infinite Earths. And there's nothing he can do to save it. Sounds like a job for his alter ego, Superman. After years of standing idle, the young man from Krypton defies the wishes of his fathers to come out to the world as the first superhero of the space age. As each decade passes and each new danger emerges, he wonders if this is the one that will kill him and everyone he loves. Superman realises that even good intentions are not without their backlash as the world around him transforms into a place as determined to destroy itself as he is to save it. Uniting the critically acclaimed writer Mark Russell and Eisner Award winner Mike Allred for the first time, this series promises fans an unforgettable journey through US history and culture starring our beloved characters. And yes, the previews pages look every bit as gorgeous as I would hope they would be. So Superman Space Age number one. But why don't you take over for a little bit and uh, spotlight a couple of titles? Yeah, 100%. So you mentioned mentioned Batman White Knight there and uh, what we've got here is a Batman White Knight Presents in the same way as they did, uh, you know, the Harley Quinn one in the past and so forth. This is Batman Presents Red Hood, uh, number one of two, written by Sean Murphy with uh, Clay McCormick and art by Simone DeMille, who is the artist on uh, We Always Find Them When They're Dead, uh, which uh, she's just a fantastic, fantastic uh, painter. Um, there's a variant cover by Oliver Coypel. Um, and uh, a couple of, of uh, 1 to 25 and 150 variant covers. Um, the world of Batman White Knight continues to expand in this exciting new miniseries with things heating up in Neo-Gotham. Jason Todd revisits his post-Robin past to find the one ally he believes will help him turn the tide in the battle against Derek Powers. Bruce Wayne is Batman. Four words that saved Jason's life and destroyed his future forever. Banished by his mentor and damaged by the Joker, the former Robin is left to become something different, something stronger, a relentless force for justice in the city. Red Hood. With nobody to answer to, he walks a dangerous line between hero and villain. That is until he meets Gan, a local girl from East Backport, who needs his help to save her neighbourhood from a super criminal terrorising its citizens, and she's willing to fight alongside him, whatever it takes. Um, yeah, this is, I mean, obviously we had we had revealed Red Hood in the latest um, Beyond the White Knight, uh, you know, which features... Uh, the, the White Knight version of Batman Beyond. Um, so it'll be interesting to see uh, what happens here, for sure. Yeah, it's, uh, this is continuing to fulfill the promise of Murphy saying a few years ago he wanted to expand the White Knight universe, have some tie-in series, let some other people play in the sandbox, so to speak, which, uh, of course, his wife, Katana Collins, a, a very you know established writer in her own right, wrote Batman Presents White Knight Harley Quinn, Although I see that as more of a sequel than a side story personally, but this seems to be more in line with that because this is obviously set before the current events in Curse of the White Knight or in White Knight Beyond, sorry, where it's a younger Jason Todd and so forth, and we're filling in some gaps. So yeah, anything White Knight based, a it sells well, and b that's because it's great. Yeah, absolutely. Another bat title that uh, that came to my attention. It's a bit of a it's a soft cover, and I'm aware it's it's full of reprints, but I'm sort of wondering what's going on here. Uh, and maybe you can tell me, obviously, Joshua Williamson, Peter J. Tomasi uh, caught my attention uh, with Robbie Thompson here uh, also on writing. Uh, a raft of artists, including Brad Water, Gleb Melnikov, uh, Javier Fernandez, 
but it's Batman versus Robin Road to War. It's 176 pages, as I say, it's a soft cover. It says a storm is coming and a battle years in the making between Bruce Wayne and Damian Wayne is on the horizon. A major turning point in the lives of Batman and Robin brought to you by writers Robbie Thompson, Suicide Squad and Teen Titans, Peter J. Tomasi, Batman and Robin Detective Comics, Joshua Williamson, needs no introduction in these uh, in these parts. Um, collects Teen Titans 43 and 44, Teen Titans Annuals number two, Detective Comics 1032 to 1033 and a two-part backup feature that sets the stage for a new chapter in the life of Damian Wayne, originally presented in one, Batman 106 and Detective 1034. Is this foreshadowing something? Not necessarily foreshadowing. I mean, this is essentially the prelude to the Robin miniseries that Joshua Williamson is so brilliantly writing right now. It's mm. essentially showing the break between Bruce and his son. It's showing the break where, you know, essentially... Damien has left that iteration of Robin behind where he was Batman's sidekick and goes out to be his own his own thing. I mean, in a weird way, this is sort of the, the Damien version of the Nightwing story almost in a way of Dick Grayson escaping from his father's shadow. But what, what it says in the solicitation here is a little... Uh... For DC's next big series. I don't know whether maybe it's going to be to do with the... Um, the ultimate conclusion to Shadow War. Shadow War. Maybe. Uh, maybe that leaves Damien in a brand new status quo, or maybe it's going to be a status quo between Bruce and Damien. I think yeah. that's the only thing I can think of, but I have read all of those issues, and it was a really well-put-together yeah. Um, yeah. story. The Teen Titans annual especially, is yeah. it pretty much ended with him ripping the Robin symbol off of the the Robin outfit mm. that Batman would have given and basically thrown it at Bruce. Uh, because... Yeah. That's the thing with Shadow War Alpha, which has come in recently and is is off to a great start. You f- you forget that Bruce and Damon haven't been friendly to, for to, well yeah, over yeah, a year now. Yeah, you know, in yeah. comics time. So, I just I, I wonder I wonder is it referring to Shadow War or is it referring to something that's coming after Shadow War? A battle years in the making between Bruce Wayne and Damian Wayne is on the horizon. Yeah, I mean, I I could imagine you know. DC's timing isn't always the best, but you would think with the timing of it, it would be the from the outcome of Shadow War, but definitely one to keep an eye on, certainly, I would say. But yeah, a really good collection in its own right, and there's some really good storytelling there between father and son. Um, so yeah, good. So, so we move from there, just a, just a couple more to finish off the DC book. The first one for me was DC versus Vampires All Out War, number one. Now, before I get into this, I have to ask, have you read DC versus Vampires number six? uh yes i have yes uh, okay yes. okay so yeah, yeah spoiler alert flick the next 30 seconds if you don't want to know although it did come out a good few weeks ago <laughs> dc versus vampires keith wasn't too sure on as a series he was maybe thought it was meandering a wee bit maybe stretched out a bit you know valid concerns but i remember when i read issue six i thought oh he has no idea <laughs> he has no idea and i've been waiting for his opinion on it yeah yeah i uh, i thoroughly enjoyed it i thoroughly enjoyed it definitely the, Definitely was a nice wee, a nice wee shot in the arm for the series. Um, the beating heart of the DC universe. How could he, he do that, Keith? I know, I know. It just that they, they absolutely subverted our expectations, didn't they? Yeah, very much so. It was a brilliant, brilliant issue, and it, it set up uh, the next arc really, really well. But I mean, DC vs. Vampires in general. I'm really enjoying that world because it's a way to bring in characters from the entire DC universe, no matter how marginal they may be and give them a bit of a spotlight i mean i've talked already about how obviously so much stuff is batman centric but in this batman's gone you know his 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 family's been left behind but you look at this tie-in series which is going to be six issues written by matthew rosenberg and alex pacnadel and art by pasquale quailano 
you look at the cover and it's Dead Man, it's Bane, it's Azrael, it's Booster Gold, it's Constantine, it's Shazam, it's in fact no, it's Mary Marvel, it's uh, Deathstroke. So you're able to bring these sort of. It was something Tom Keane did brilliantly, I thought, in Deceased Unkillables, where he's able to bring in fringe characters and tell a really good story. And with this being Matthew Rosenberg shepherding this, I think it's going to be great as well. So for this one, it's one of the last secret underground human cities is facing total annihilation and its leader, John Constantine sold already uh must plan a suicide mission to assassinate a key lieutenant in the vampire empire against unreal odds with an unlikely team including booster gold deathstroke and mary marvel does the hellblazer have one more trick up his sleeve a gritty violent monochromatic companion series to dc versus vampire this series will feature a brutal story with a cadre of talented creators delivering 32 pages of original content every issue so if you're enjoying dc versus vampires we won't automatically put you down for that if it was, say, a one-shot that tied into the series, we probably would put it in your box. But if it's six issues, we don't want to assume you want to make that commitment. So if that is one you want to jump onto, do just let us know. So that's it pretty much for single issues in DC. We'll just finish off the DC section just with a, a quick shout-out for some collected editions that look really, really good. Or collected editions of ones we've highly recommended before. So... This will see the release of Batman One Dark Knight. This is the, the DC Black Label title from Jock, writing an uh, artist on this. And that's been a brilliant series. It's two issues in so far. We're waiting on the conclusion, but that'll be hitting hardcover. Another one that we really enjoyed, I'm pretty sure it was a pick of the week, two out of the three issues for us on other pods, was Robin and Batman. This was a great Dick Grayson-focused story, written by Jeff Lemire and art by Dustin Wayne. And again, this is getting a nice hardcover as well. You've got the first collection for I Am Batman, which we've been big, big fans of as well. Uh, Joker Presents uh, a Puzzle Box, which is uh, another Matthew Rosenberg-written one, which I, I very much enjoyed. Uh, Swamp Thing Volume 2, so continuing on the great Ram V Swamp Thing stuff. And then we finish off uh, the DC section with a, a beautiful omnibus. Yeah, um, it is the New Teen Titans Omnibus Volume 1. It's a 2022 edition. Uh, it's 682 pages. It's a hardcover. Uh, written by Marv Wolfman and art by George Perez, uh, first and foremost, uh, among others. Cover by George Perez and Jake Diordano. And with George Perez, sadly, you know, a legendary artist, sadly, coming towards the end of his life on his own terms um they're offering this again i think a lot of people you know with the news are discovering maybe george perez for the first time or rediscovering george perez and certainly his work on avengers and his work on on teen titans new teen titans is 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 high among those so this is offered again it's in 1980 writer marv wolfman and artist george perez introduced the timeless team including robin kid flash wonder girl cyborg changeling raven and starfire this omnibus edition collects the team's debut in DC Comics Presents number 26, plus Teen T- New Teen Titans number 1 to 20, the New Teen Titans Annual number 1, Best of DC Blue Ribbon Edition number 118, and Tales of the New Teen Titans number 1 to 4. So uh, looks looks gorgeous. Uh, action-packed cover there, you know, with the, the classic Titans all, you know, running towards the uh, the, the reader, uh you know, in real in real nineteen eighties sort of cover fashion. So I'd say that'll be a good buy. 
Yeah, definitely, and it's with it being volume one as well. I think New Teen Titans has a couple of volumes to be uh, the complete story, but as you say, there's there's something kind of poignant about it being offered again, and as you say, maybe people rediscovering George Perez's work and maybe realising just how much of a stamp he left on both the DC mm. and the Marvel universes. So, yeah, this is pretty essential. I think it's 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 a acclaimed run. I've read bits and pieces of it here and there, but a, a good omnibus like that, I think, is definitely the way to go. So that was the, the New Teen Titans omnibus volume one. So, yeah, that pretty much finishes off the DC books. Uh, I should stress, as always, these books are always available in store. So if you ever want to pop in, you can have a flick through. There is, of course, more titles than what we've pointed out. But again, these are just the titles we're looking forward to most. So, as I say, that is DC done. Why don't you hit us off then with the Marvel book for July releases? Sure thing. Uh, the big one uh, for me at Marvel, I think, uh, in July 2022, uh, is a one-shot. It's 40 pages by Jason Aaron, uh, art by Kev Walker. And it is uh, Avengers 1 million BC, which has long been teased in, uh, in Jason Aaron's run of Avengers and before. And this is the secret origin of Thor revealed. Uh, the, the the origin of Thor has, and the mystery of it has uh, has has plagued uh, Jason Aaron's run for quite some time, and the possibility that the Phoenix may be Thor's actual mother um, is an interesting one, and has has caused a rift between Thor and uh, and Odin. Not that there's ever not a rift between those two, <laughs> but. Uh, they are the defenders at the dawn of time, Marvel's first and mightiest legacy heroes but their greatest secrets have never been revealed until now. Witness the dark events that shatter their ranks, see how their lives come to shape the entire future of the Marvel Universe, and be there for the monumental event that reunites them one last time, the true story of Thor's birth. This will be interesting. Um, so yeah, I mean, the Avengers 1 million BC, there's the star brand Hulk, there's there's the prehistoric Black Panther, the prehistoric um, uh, Agamotto uh, sort of, uh, Sorcerer Supreme. There's the the mammoth riding Ghost Rider, uh, the, uh, the 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 Phoenix Force, and the the, the prehistoric uh, Iron Fist. These are all sort of archetypes, you know, for 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 the Avengers. But uh, it's it's really it's really interesting stuff how he's been introducing them, and and I'll be interested to read a little more about them. Yeah, I mean, uh, this was a, a this was first mooted way back. What was it Marvel Legacy? It was a one shot that mm-hmm, sort of talked mm-hmm. about. It's been certainly a long time coming, I would say. Yeah, and I mean, Odin is some age. He's in there as well. Uh, you know, this is 1 million BC. Odin's been around for a long time. Still looking well for, a, for an old boy. Uh, sprightly enough, sprightly enough, I would say. Uh-huh. Um, um, so, yeah, we move from there, and then we're, we're talking summer events, and what is the, the Marvel one at this point? Well, that is that is a, it's AXE, Axe, Judgment Day, uh, number one of six. Uh, that's AXE, Avengers, X-Men, Eternals. Uh, it's not enough to have the Avengers versus X-Men or the Avengers versus the... Inhumans or the X-Men versus the Inhumans. It's now everybody versus everybody else. <laughs> so it's by Kieran Gillen. So that's a draw. And uh, oh, art is by Valerio Oshidi. So that is also a draw. We've got some an original cover by Mark Brooks. Virgin variant by Mark, Groups, uh, Mark Brooks. Uh, uh, Women of AXE. Uh, variant cover by Lucas Wernick. There's one by Peach Momoko. One by Patrick Gleason. One by Ron Lim. And a hidden gem variant cover by Jack Kirby in The Land of the Righteous. Um, the X-Men claim that they are the planet's new gods. The Eternals know that position is already filled. The Avengers are about to realize exactly how many many secrets their so-called friends have kept from them. Years of tension lead to a volcanic eruption as two worlds burn. And I can only imagine those two words are 
Earth and Mars? Who has leaked the X-Men's secrets to their latest flows? Who is Tony Stark abducting and why is Tony Stark abducting an old friend? And who stands in judgment over the whole world? Judgment Day from Kieran Gillen, Valerio Shiti is the apocalyptic emotional event to define the summer. I mean, normally you'd be a wee bit, okay, well, uh, I mean, it's going to be a big old knockdown drag out event, but this is by Kieran Gillen. And Kieran Gillen is a, is a, a thinking reader's writer. So uh, I'm interested. I'm interested for sure. Yeah, I mean, it's it's hard to ignore with that level of talent involved. I mean, I, I really like the covers so far released as well. I especially like the cover to issue two, which has a giant celestial just towering over pretty much every every one of the Avengers. It just gives it scope and scale. And mm. yeah, you have that great Mark Brooks cover for issue one as well. So yeah, as you say, follow creators, Kieran Gillen, I'm there. Yeah, absolutely. So we've got the first two issues of that, of six um, in, in July. Uh, the second issue, uh, you know, follows, uh, I think, two weeks later. Uh, and then we have got, um, I guess, a tacked on, so, you know, a, a, a tie-in series, AXE Death to the Mutants, number one of three. Again, Kieran Gillen, uh, Gui Villanova uh, on, on art and an Isad Rubich cover uh, with a variant cover by Lionel Francis Yu. Says the mutants are deviants. Eternals are coded to, ex- to correct excess deviation. The mutants are eternal. Mars colonizers ever spreading. Eternals know what they should do. Our heroes don't want to, but can they resist the murderous designs coded into their body as surely as any sentinel? And if they can't, can anyone survive the coming judgment? That'll be interesting too. Yeah, same again. I mean, we talked about it with Dark Crisis. You know, you, you do wonder how many tie-ins there will be, but this seems to be... I mean, it, it does seem as if it's going to go across the X titles a little bit. It'll mm-hmm. be interesting to see if it then goes across all the other like Avengers titles and and so on and so forth. It doesn't well. doesn't seem to be doing so. It doesn't seem to be doing so. It's it's crossing into it's crossing into a few of the the X titles. Certainly, um, there's an X Force uh, issue there and and a few other bits and pieces. An X Men Red issue. Um, you know, and all under the uh, the banner of excess deviation and and, and, and things like that. So, uh, so see how we go there uh, for sure. But I'm I'm interested. Uh, I'm interested just as you, with just with Kieran Gillen in charge of it and what he's been building in the fantastic Eternals uh, maxi series are ongoing. Excellent. So we have the the Marvel Summer event taken care of there. Next up is one certainly that has my eye. I've I've loved all these these Demon Day series that Peach Momoko's been doing. I've I've talked before how Peach Momoko can be a bit of a Marmite artist, but I think given the right project, I think her work soars and we're talking about Marvel events there. This is in within that sort of Demon Day's continuity. This is clearly their take on Civil War. It's called Demon Wars the Iron Samurai and you can just see that cover that is clearly, you know, her take from sort of an ancient Japanese legend perspective of Iron Man facing off against Captain America. So this is going to be a four-issue miniseries, so it's the first time we're getting a miniseries within this. Up until now, it's always been a series of one-shots. They have tied together loosely, but certainly not as uh, formatted as this. So for this one, it is uh, Peach takes her version of the Marvel Universe to the next level by transporting readers to another dimension, one filled with wondrous creatures, sentient samurai armor, a winged individual in a falcon mask, a mysterious panther person, and a red snake-like monster with a deadly appetite. When Mariko Yoshida finds herself in the middle of a war between these creatures, she will be forced to choose a side. Don't miss the next evolution of Peach Momoko's Marvel Universe. I mean, I love that take there of the old classic Civil War cover, you know, the the banging of the helmets, essentially, between Iron Man and Cap. So, 
that's a series I've loved. I, I highly recommend it if you've never got into it. It's just a really, really cool take on the Marvel Universe. So we move from that to Shang-Chi. What is this we're looking at? This is um, Shang-Chi and the Ten Rings, number one. Uh, it's by uh, Jean Lun Yang, uh, Marcus To, with cover by uh, Dyke Rian, who was the, the artist in the previous Shang-Chi series, which has finished at issue 13. And there's an interesting story behind this. Apparently, uh, Simu Lu, the, uh, the star of, of uh, Shang-Chi and the Legend of the Ten Rings, was stating that, that he wouldn't sign any Master of Kung Fu comics or other comic deemed offensive. Um, and that. So Shang-Chi first appeared in the, the Master of Kung Fu comic books that were published in the 70s and the current series is Shang-Chi, Master of Kung Fu. Um, so Marvel has stopped the current Shang-Chi series with issue 13 and has replaced it with this, Shang-Chi and the Ten Rings. Um, and, and I don't know if that's the, the, the core reason or, or whatever, but um, you know the, the the writer remains the same uh, at the very least. Um, it looks like the it looks like the, the 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 main artist is is changing on it. But uh, anyway, it says a bold new era starts here. Shang Chi has gained possession of the powerful Ten Rings, so it is a it does seem to be a lead-in from the previous uh, series altogether. But so much concentrated energy has not gone unnoticed. Now every bounty hunter, assassin, and evil syndicate in the Marvel universe is coming to take the rings from him. But will the responsibility and truth of the rings be too much to bear for the master of Kung Fu? Uh, find us, find out as the true origin of the Ten Rings starts here from Jin Young Lang and Marcus Tu, who is the current uh, artist on Excalibur, I believe, or the previous artist on Excalibur. Yeah, so Shang-Chi and the Ten Rings at number one there. So, yeah, you continue on through the Marvel book and there's there's tons of continuing series that we're, we're already enjoying but getting new issues. You know, the Captain America relaunch will be continuing. Amazing Spider-Man read the first issue of that yesterday under Seb Wells and John Romita Jr. It was exceptionally impressive. You know, you have things continuing like Hulk, like Thor, like Venom. Uh, you have the Spider-Man 2099 uh, miniseries Exodus coming to an end with the Omega issue. Uh, written by Steve Orlando, art by Paul Fry. This is the 30th anniversary of 2099, reaching its exclusive conclusion. And it does say here, a brave new tomorrow for 2099 starts here. Does that mean there's going to be a, a series spinning out of this, perhaps? Oh, here's hoping, here's hoping. And uh, I mean, because uh, 2099 is one of my, my favourite Marvel uh, themes. But uh, just as you're, you're, you're pushing through those, uh, some great covers, Captain America, Sentinel of Liberty, uh, number three, uh, the the cover for that is phenomenal. I think it's a Canero cover uh, of Cap just on the on the back of a, a motorbike, yeah. uh, riding through the snow. looks looks really fantastic. And uh, the the John Romita Jr. covers for Amazing Spider Man, uh, number seven and and number eight are just great. I love uh, Romita on on Spider-Man and the way he draws Norm no one draws Norman Osborn like, like John Romita <laughs> no one draws Spider-Man like John Romita I guess you know yeah as I say issue one was exceptionally impressive you know great jumping on point for new readers great for all ages and yeah just something so warm and comforting about that JRJR art I mean I enjoyed his work at DC but something always just felt a little off like he's a Marvel mm, guy yeah, yeah definitely definitely something you know as a Civil, Silver Surfer fan uh, that Peter David Janus Vale, Captain Marvel series might interest you. Uh, 
it's uh, it's at issue two in this July book. But Peter David. Yeah, but if you're, I mean, you're if you're enjoying Silver Surfer Rebirth, birth, this would be right up your street. Yeah, maybe that would be one to to follow out from that. You know, obviously a a focus here on Thanos as well. So. Yeah, definitely one to have a look at. It's Peter David writing and Juanan Ramirez on art as well. You've got Daredevil continuing, which uh, you'd mentioned in the intro. It's Daredevil number two from Chip Starsky and Marco Cicchetto, but it also has guest writers and artists as it's uh, a legacy issue, legacy number 650. You've got a beautiful Thor cover there by Nick Klein that looks to be uh, teaming up Thor and Venom for some uh, for some escapades. I mean... Donny Cates, he just couldn't stay away from Venom, could he? <laughs> Had to bring him in somewhere. But one of the big ones definitely hitting this month is one that's been long in the works. And it was a title that came out of the acquisition of 20th Century Fox by Disney. Uh, they then got all the, the rights to all of their licenses. That led to a very successful relaunch for Alien, which has been great uh, so far from uh, Phil Kennedy Johnson and uh, Salvador La Roca. And then we now finally have, about nine months after it was first solicited, there seem to be some rights issues holding it up, is Predator number one. And this is written by Ed Brisson and art by Kev Walker. Mm-hmm. Tons of variants from tons of artists you'll recognize. Lionel Yu, David Finch, Ram Brown, and Hugh Lee, Peach Momoko, etc., etc. And, of course, the pick of them all by Scotty Young. <laughs> so his version of Predator is going to be good so hunt kill repeat in the near future a young girl sees her family slaughtered by the deadliest the most feared hunter in the universe a predator years later though her ship is barely holding together and food is running short Theta won't stop stalking the spaceways until a Yocha monster who killed her family is dead or she is Ed Brisson and Kev Walker forge a violent heartbreaking and unforgettable new chapter in the Predator saga not to be missed and that's going to be launching with a 40 page oversized number one as well and that we already have that on a lot of pull lists simply because as i say it was solicited a long time ago but then it sort of started to fall through the cracks a little bit yeah absolutely um i was really looking forward to it at the time and if it's anywhere near as good as the the alien book that it was solicited alongside uh, then it's just going to be it's just going to be great um i should say something that uh, that we mentioned uh, in a previous pod um iron man is solicited in this book up until 22. I think we'd we'd missed it, so oh, okay. still ongoing. Ugh. <laughs> I mean, I mean, yay. yay! Well, I'm glad it brings you joy, and that is the important thing. But yeah, well, it's as far as 22. There, as you say, Christopher Cantwell still steering that ship, and Angel Unzueta on art. So it's just building up to a nice 25 issue omnibus, Keith. Don't worry, I will get to it at some point. Perfect, perfect. And um, and if I wanted to know how to read it, what would I do? If you want to know how to read it, you would pick up How to Read Comics, The Marvel Way, graphic novel trade paperbacks written by Christopher Hastings, G. Willow Wilson, Brian Michael Bendis, Brandon Montclair, Amy Reader, and Robbie Thompson, with uh, pencils by Scott Goblish, Adrian Alfonas, Sarah Pacelli, Natchez Bustos, and Nick Bradshaw. It's an interesting wee uh, re-piece. It is a, an early solicitation for September 2022, but presenting a universal gateway into the house of ideas. Comic books can sometimes be like a foreign language to the uninitiated. That much is true, Alan. Would you not agree? I would very much agree. With their own unique storytelling tools, visual short and uh, narrative conventions, many clever cartoonists and scribes have shared their theories on the grammar of comics, but it's never been done in the mighty Marvel manner. Get ready, because Mysterio has trapped Spider-Man inside a comic book, and Spidey's going to help you navigate through the gutters, balloons, panels, pencils, and more. Plus, see how top talent talents speak the language of comics and action-packed adventures featuring Peter Parker, Miles Morales, Miss Marvel, Moon Girl, and Devil Dinosaur. 
So this collects the original how to read Marvel, how to read comics the Marvel way, number one to four. Miss Marvel number two, or two from the 2014 series number one. Ultimate Comics Spider Man number one, Moon Girl and Devil Dinosaur number one, and Spidey number one. So uh, I missed that the first time round. It looks kind of kind of interesting. Yeah, it's in a nice double page spread as well where Marvel are focusing on younger readers, which is always good and it's always something we try to promote in the store quite a bit. You know, when it comes to mainline Marvel and DC titles, you're talking 12, 13 and up, you can recommend nearly anything, but sometimes aiming for those slightly younger readers and finding appropriate material where it's not too overwhelming can be a bit hard, but they've got a couple of books here. They've got Marvel vs. Miss Marvel, graphic novel trade paperback, uh, which is a combination of Miss Marvel number 12, Generations Miss Marvel issues number 38, and that's Miles Morales Spider-Man issue. You've got Moongard and Devil Dinosaur graphic novel, and you've also got Spider-Gwen as well. So it's good to see titles aimed at those younger readers because we are certainly getting more and more of them in store. Uh, yeah, I mean, that's in the collection section of uh, the Marvel book here. There's some great-looking trades already. Amazing Spider-Man Volume 1's already solicited. Hulk versus Thor, Banner of War, Venom, Carnage, Fantastic Four, Life Story, uh, which was a great title, is getting a full collected edition. But we're going to finish off with three big ones, and they are great. And it's always good that... I can see Keith as we're recording this as there is always a constant reminder in the background behind him of what is possibly the most important comic book in his reading life. And what would that be? That would be Secret Wars, uh, the original uh, comic book event um, uh, from 1984. Uh, And uh, this is Secret Wars Omnibus hardcover. It's got a Mike Zek cover. It's a new printing. Uh, the event was written by Jim Shooter uh, with Tom DeFalco in this, in this particular uh, omnibus. We also have material by Tom DeFalco, Danny, Dan Slott, Danny Fingeroth, and Jay Ferber. The original was uh, penciled by Mike Zegg and Bob Layton. And then here we also have Ron Friends, Paul Pelletier, and Mark Bagley. Drawn from Earth across the stars, the Marvel Universe's greatest heroes and villains are set against one another by the mysterious and all-powerful Beyonder. With the winner promised the ultimate prize, but as battle lines are drawn, new alliances are forged and old enemies clash, one among them is not willing to settle for anything less than godhood. Can even the combined might of the Avengers, Spider-Man, the Fantastic Four and the X-Men prevent Doctor Doom from becoming the most powerful being in the universe? The greatest superhero world war of all time is collected alongside an untold chapter of Thor's time in Battleworld, Titania's incredible origin and a what-if tale that uh, offers very different endings to the Secret Wars. Collects Marvel's superhero Secret Wars, number 1 to 12, uh, Thor from 1966, uh, number 383, She-Hulk uh, of 2004, number 10, and What If, the 1989 series, number 4 and number 114. 496 pages, $75, which is what equivalent, Alan? It's about... around £65. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a trim size. Uh, I have this in singles, uh, missing one key issue, of course. Uh, I have this uh, <laughs> in a variety of, of, of trade paperbacks, and but I don't know. I might pick it up again. We'll see what happens. You even have a nice graded copy of number one, I seem to remember. I do indeed, yep. Signed, yep, my, if I remember correctly. Yes, my first slab, exactly. And the picture I'm referring to just behind Keith's head is a print of the original cover that also adorns the uh, the main cover of this. As as I think you said, there, there is a direct market cover as well, which is an Alex Ross interpretation of the original cover. But mm-hmm. I, I think you go for a title like this, you've got to go original cover. I totally agree. I totally agree. You know, it's very seldom I would turn down an Alex Ross cover, but 
this is one of those very few occasions. But yeah, you have Secret Wars, the omnibus, and then the other omnibus I want to highlight is quite. Uh, oh, do you oh. own a copy of Secret Wars? Oh, I'll be getting that omnibus all day long. Oh, perfect. Oh, just checking. Hundred percent. It's too expensive to ban singles now. I've looked a few times, but once you get to that issue eight and that first symbiote. Because yes. as soon as you said you're missing one issue, I'm guessing that's what it is. Yeah, that's the one, yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah, it's just a pain in the butt. But again, this is the great thing about omnibuses because there there are nice soft cover editions of Secret Wars and things like that. But for these key, very important stories, there's just something nice about having a, a nice omnibus on the shelf, you know. Mm-hmm. Now, the next one I'm going to recommend I don't need to buy because I already have it. And this is a new printing of it. But I also have the single issues as well. But this is one of my favorite Marvel stories of all time. I mean, this was... When I was seriously getting into my collecting, and especially my Marvel collecting, I've always said that I was reading the fringe characters. I wasn't reading Avengers or Spider-Man or whatever. I was reading Daredevil. I was reading Hawkeye by Fraction I was, and um, David Aja. I was reading Miss Marvel by G. Willow Wilson. But the main one that just was top of the pile for me every time was Silver Surfer by Dan Slott and Michael Allred. This is phenomenal this is two different volumes of silver surfer that this creative team did uh one of them was a 15 issue mini the other was a 14 issue mini and there's also material in this omnibus from all new marvel now point one so anywhere and everywhere hang on dan slot michael already take the sentinel of the spaceways on his wildest ride yet with a very special companion meet don greenwood the earth girl who's enabled the silver surfer to see the universe with all new eyes and push its boundaries like never before but that way leads to incredible dangers like the never queen warrior one and jimbanox the ginormous from perfect planets to wrathful warriors from the end of reality to an all-new beginning they travel the length and breadth of space and time and beyond but what could ever make norn rad willing to once again serve galactus slot and already we have a cosmic port star of triumph tragedy and boundless imagination including the eisner award-winning 2016 story never after which i think was the finale of that unbelievable joy is is the best way to describe that story it's not one that's marred in self-doubt or pathos or anything like that it's pure joy exploration imagination it's just a phenomenal phenomenal book now i was lucky enough to to pick up the omnibus when it first got printed so i do have a copy of this but i mm-hmm. can't recommend it enough it's uh 688 pages it's going to come in at a hundred dollars so that's around the 90 quid mark but again that's for around 30 issues there thereabouts so three pound an issue you break it down as and it really is one of the best runs in marvel history in my humble opinion of course mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. so cannot recommend enough and just to finish off the Marvel book, one other one I wanted to point out, and certainly with the TV show coming out soon as well, this might be one that would interest a lot of our listeners, and it is a complete collection of She-Hulk, which was done by Charles Soule and Javier Polito. Uh, you also have some penciling done by Ron Wimberly, Jason Masters, and Langdon Foss. So this was a 12-issue miniseries, if uh, memory serves. Again, this was a similar era to... The Silver Surfer. So again, this was one of those fringe titles I was reading. I mean, you gotta love that cover. She Hulk, Jennifer Walters standing there at the front, Doctor Doom just in behind her. Mm-hmm. So for this one, it was writer Charles Soule brings his legal expertise to Jennifer Walters, attorney at law, aka the sensational She Hulk, with a solo law practice, a new paralegal who bit uh, who is far more than she seems, and a mounting number of enemies Jen might have bitten off more than she can chew, especially with clients like Christoph Bernard, son of Doctor Doom, and Captain America himself. Meanwhile, She-Hulk and Hellcat must uncover the deeply buried conspiracy found in the mysterious blue file. And when Giant Man needs a big hand, and She-Hulk takes on Matt Murdock in the Marvel trial of the century. Plus, Titania. Sorry, you're about to be turned off it. 
Deadpool. And will yeah. She-Hulk's holiday party spell the end of her practice? So collect She-Hulk 1 to 12, Wolverine 13, and material from Gwenpool's special number one. That is a wonderful run. Did you ever partake in the reading of it? Uh, dipped, dipped in and out, but I'll tell you what, um, I'm really loving the current run of She-Hulk. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm really, really enjoying the character, and to the point that I would, I would definitely consider picking, uh, picking this up. Um, it's a good time yeah. to be a She-Hulk fan, as you said. The the current run, it's Rainbow Rowell, isn't it? Yeah, it's, it is. Uh, yeah, it's selling very well in store. It's appealing to a great demographic as well. I mean, we have younger readers picking it up. We have male readers, female readers, older readers. It, it seems to be a title that's appealing across the board, which is always the sign of a of a successful comic as well. So, but that's one of definitely one of the best She-Hulk runs I would uh, venture as well. Mm. So that brings us to the end of the Marvel book. That's DC done. That's Marvel done. What about that indie book? Well, when it comes to the indie book, as we say, there is definitely great stuff in here, but it, it definitely seems a lot less this month. But that's not a bad thing. Sometimes it's good to have a little a little quieter month, if you will, and I'm sure there are more than enough ongoing series that we'll be picking up to keep us busy anyway. But we'll kick things off with, uh, as we always do with Image. Image always have the largest section of the previous book in terms of range of titles, in terms of the creators that release titles with them. And the first one up, and it, it gets first uh, billing actually in the Image section, is called Rogues Gallery. Now this actually caught my attention a couple of days ago because I saw Declan Shelby tweeting about it, and that's because he has a co-story cre- uh, credit on this. So it's written by Declan Shelby and a writer, Hannah Rose May, who uh, co-story, so co-plotter with the story, but writes the writes the scripts. And then the artists are Justin Mason and Triona Farrell, so another Irish creator there as well. So this one is burged, uh, is billed sorry, as The Purge meets Misery in a twist on the classic slasher tale where celebrity's biggest fans can become her biggest foes. Writer Hannah Rose May makes her comic debut with rising star artist Justin Mason for an all-new series with Declan Shelby. The Purge meets Scream in a home invasion thriller that follows disenfranchised TV superhero actress Maisie Wade as she is terrorised by an unhinged group of intruders cosplaying as her day job's arch-villains. If Maisie is going to survive the night, she'll need to be the hero she has come to despise. So, yeah, you've got some. You've got a cover A by Declan, of course. You've got a cover B, Tula Lote, Justin Mason doing a, a varying cover as well. Preview art looks really fun, really interesting. I thought this sounded great. Uh, yeah and again deck's name on it i'll uh, happily give it a whirl at the start but what i would venture to say the biggest title of this month for image it's it's second in the list but or in their billing i suppose but it also adorns the spine of the previews book uh is a book called starhenge uh this is subtitled book one the dragon and the boar number one of six so when you see book one you know there's a long saga planned out here mm-hmm. and this apparently has been 30 years in the making from liam sharp so liam sharp of course very celebrated artist uh certainly in the last 10 years he's he's done a lot of dc work was on wonder woman the rebirth series was on batman reptilian was on green lantern with grant morrison and now he's dipping his toe into creator owned and the preview pages for this are absolutely gorgeous so this is a fantasy science fiction uh, series. Uh, issue one is 40 pages. Revered creator Liam Sharp cuts loose in his visually stunning six-issue masterpiece Starhenge Book One. A future Merlin travels to 5th century Britain to prevent monstrous time-traveling killer robots from robbing the universe of magic. And Amber Weaver's lively present-day narrative reveals how she becomes drawn into a war across time. 
The Terminator meets the Green Knight in 30 enthralling story pages, setting the scene for this original epic inspired by the Arthurian sagas. They love Arthurian sagas at the moment in comics, don't they? Oh, yeah. I mean, I'm quite partial to them myself. <laughs> I mean, you've got um, testimonies here from Dave Gibbons, from Kelly Sudaconic, from Matt Fraction. And then at the bottom, it says Excalibur meets Terminator. <laughs> this high-stakes time-traveling tale featuring one of the most iconic characters in Arthurian lore. He's obviously called in favors with some big artists as well. There's varying covers here from Ben Templesmith, Christian Ward, Ram Brown, Mike Perkins, amongst others as well. So... Definitely one to get on the pull list and definitely one that I am very, very much looking forward to. Yeah, so uh, I mean, it's not something, I suppose, with the, the recent experience with Liam Sharp's art on, on Batman Catwoman, which wasn't necessarily to my taste, but this, yeah, that was, I guess, because of the, you know, the difference between Clay's and, and his, in a way, you know, um, and, and, and there was another Batman story that it was a huge Batman reptilian, was it? Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, this just looks this looks like the art really matches the story, and of course it is his own creator own book. So, so but yeah, and the the concept, you know, <laughs> Excalibur meets Terminator. Come on, <laughs> who doesn't want that? Uh-huh. So, what else have we got in the uh, image book then? Well, this was another one that got me on this this you know one of their uh, this meets that, and this was Deadwood meets the Dark Tower. Uh, so of course that was that was me written all over it. This is. Uh, Above Snakes, uh, written by uh, Sean Lewis and art by Hayden Sherman. Um, and uh, says the team behind The Few and Thumbs returns with an all-new Wild as Hell miniseries. Writer Sean Lewis of King Spawn and artist Hayden Sherman, Wasted Space. And rock star letter Hassan Otsmaniello, uh, who is on um, What's the Furthest Place From Here, I believe. Introduce a world where Deadwood-style westerns collide with the fantasia of Neil Gaiman in the story of Dirt, a man seeking vengeance for his murdered wife with nothing but talking vulture to prod him on. Above Snakes is a fast and furious explosion of western tropes and American vengeance that explores where our rage can take us. I believe it's the first of a five-issue uh, miniseries. And, uh, I mean, it, it, it's, it says Deadwood, it says Neil Gaiman, and, and there was a mention of the Dark Tower and. Uh, in the previous book, so I'm I'm all over it. Yeah, I mean, when you say perfect for fans of Coffinbound, Pretty Deadly, and Sandman, you're you're setting your you're setting your aim high there, as as you mm-hmm. say, also mentioning Deadwood and and the Dark Tower as well. I did read those guys' uh, thumbs, which was really really good. It was all about a future where gamers became targets for the military to recruit. That's right. Because their reaction times are so fast that they basically brought them into pilot drones and like do missions in foreign countries, killing people along the way because they were so good at that visual visual yeah, media. And, and they said that was a fiction, did they? Yeah, no. You know, pulls, Interesting. Pulls, pulls from real world. Pulls from real world. Uh-huh. Um, so another series that, well, I suppose it's the start of a series, but it's not really the start of a series because uh, series two of this has has really just come to an end and we're, we're getting straight into uh, Magic Order number three by Mark Miller and Gigi Cavanago. It's a miniseries premiere. Superstar writer Mark Miller launches the third volume of a smash hit horror magic series with Italian genius uh, Gigi Cavanago, uh, who was in Batman, uh, on art for another six issue run. So I guess these are kind of nearly like arcs rather than, you know, they just renumber them. We've met the American and the British members of the Magic Order. Now it's time to meet the Asian chapter, including a brilliant new major player in the upcoming live-action Netflix show, Sammy Liu. Uh, this 
issue will be a huge collector's item. Okay. <laughs> There's a little throwback to image from the 90s, isn't it? Uh, yeah, I mean, it's a bit of a month for Mark Miller here because also another one of his titles is getting a sequel, Prodigy, The Icarus Society. So a new number one of five. So this is a follow-up to the Prodigy series that was Mark Miller and Raphael Albuquerque, I think. Mm-hmm. But in this one, it's the artist Matteo Buffagagni. Uh, and again, yeah, new five-issue series starring Edison Crane, his favourite creation. And this time he's brought along amazing Star Wars artists to blow you all away. So, yeah, that's a follow-up series to uh, a previous Mark Miller series as well. And then one last one to finish off in Image, which is a bit of an odd one. They did a series not too long ago called Skybound X, which was... It was sort of an anthology series, sort of a collection of short stories, sort of a celebration of all things Image. Uh, but Skybound X, to my memory, only went for four or maybe five issues. But it suddenly jumped out as Skybound X 25. There's this sort of jump into the future, if you will. So the subtitle is Images of Tomorrow. So Skybound's hit anthology series returns to share the debut of four all-new upcoming comics, which launches today. From the pages of Invincible comes Battle Beast by co-creators Robert Kirkman and Ran Audley. Soul already. Uh, the new horror epic Dark Ride reunites Joshua Williamson and Andre Bressan, the acclaimed team behind Birthright. Doubly sold. The first appearance of a savage and beautiful Chroma by writer-artist Lorenzo Di Felici from Oblivion Song. Definitely sold. Um, when all of humanity dies, the animals battle for survival in the post-apocalyptic world of Scurry by Max Smith. So, yeah, I'll be jumping onto that. They're, they're almost like tasters, I suppose, for yeah. for upcoming miniseries. You know, it's, uh, well, it's the future it's the future of image, I suppose. <laughs> I suppose. <laughs> or maybe they're just playing, you know, maybe they're just one-shot stories. You know how Robert Kirkman likes to, likes to play with the industry and you know, this could this could just be that. That he very much does, but there's no one better at doing it. So yeah, keep an eye out for that Skybound X twenty five. As as Keith says, it's most likely a wee one shot that you can just pick up as is. You don't need the previous twenty four issues, so don't be worrying. So that is Image. Uh, next up, what caught our eye was a couple of titles from Ablaze Studios, which is a slightly smaller studio, but they've attracted some big talent for some titles this month. The first one was one I call, called Promethe 1313. This is a brand new number one, uh, written by Christoph Beck and Andy Diggle. Uh, artist is Sean Martinborough, colors Dave Stewart. I mean, these are guys all at the top of their game. And it even features covers from Jock and, well, you know, my feelings towards Jock and his work. Mm-hmm. So these guys all combine to bring you a psychological sci-fi horror comic full of alien conspiracy. What if you knew the world was about to end? What would you be willing to do to save the people you love? Darla Clemenceau has been plagued by apocalyptic visions ever since she was abducted by a UFO as a child. Now she's ready to put it all behind her and move on with her life. But what if it's all true? A dangerous cult militia is prepping for the end of the world, and they see Darla as the key to their survival. Meanwhile, something alien is awakening on the dark side of the moon, and the crew of the space shuttle Atlantis have a rendezvous with destiny. Promethe 1313 tells the thrilling, fast-paced space drama leading up to the moments of September 21, 2019, at 1313. So yeah, preview art pages look great. I love me a good conspiracy thriller. I am a child of the 90s. I do love me some Mm -hmm. X-Files. I do love me some Department of Truth. So I will be all over that. Uh, Lovely, lovely. Um, One that I sort of let me let pass me by in, in singles that's coming out in a hardcover volume from a blaze uh, and it's one that had Roddy's interest so that's never a bad thing uh, seems to be in some way at least spiritually related to uh, Animal Farm 
Uh, it's by it's Animal Castle. It's a hardcover trade paperback collecting the first five issues or the, the the five issues of that series by Xavier Dorison and Felix Deleep. Says on the farm, all animals were created equal. In the castle, some are more equal than others. For fans of the best-selling stray dogs and the Eisner Award-winning Beasts of Burden comes an animal fable at once familiar and surprising. You may think you know the story, but set aside your assumptions. This animal uprising is unlike any you have read. Nestled in the heart of a farm forgotten by men, the animal castle is ruled by the iron hoof of President Silvio. The bull and its dog militia savour their power, while the other animals are exhausted by work until the arrival of the mysterious Azalar a travelling rat who will teach them the secrets of civil disobedience. Says, collecting issues one to five of the best-selling comic series and a handsome hardcover volume with complete cover gallery and bonus material, including behind-the-scenes info and illustrations. I do really wish I'd picked this up at the time. Yeah, it's a great wee title. I've been I've been reading that myself, so I can certainly stand behind that choice. It's it's interesting that they have a volume one on sale, twenty five dollars, but limited to two hundred and fifty copies as a signed edition, uh, which features all of the same great content, but also includes a tip in signature plate signed by both the writer and artist. Although that will set you back a cool ninety nine dollars, so quite the jump from twenty five. Mm-hmm. So we move on to from there to a title. We may have mentioned this last month, but it's from Abrams Comic Arts. And it is, you would expect it to be from Marvel. But no, it's a Fantastic Four full circle. And the reason we're mentioning it this month is this, this is a previews exclusive. So this is a pre-order only item. And it's an Alex Ross slipcase edition for this. So it's essentially a, a Fantastic Four story. And it is a really night Manhattan and not a creature is stirring except for Ben Grimm. When an intruder suddenly appears inside the Baxter building, the Fantastic Four find themselves surrounded by a swarm of invading parasites. These carrion creatures composed of negative energy come to Earth using a human host as a delivery system. But for what purpose and who is behind the untimely invasion? The Fantastic Four have no choice but to journey into the negative zone, an alien universe composed entirely of antimatter, risking not just their own lives but the fate of the cosmos. So, Fantastic Four Full Circle, it's the first long-form work written and drawn by Alex Ross, who revisits a classic Stanley Jack Kirby story from the 60s and introduces the storyline for a new generation of readers. So again, this is this was solicited last month as a hardcover, but it just is uh, solicited this month as a slipcase edition. So there's still time to pre-order this in either uh, either edition as well. So the I should say the regular edition was a $24.99 price point. The slipcase edition carries a $40 price point there uh, huh? so moving away from that what about yeah next? moving on to albatross Expl- albatross funny books which is eric powell's label that he puts out all his various um goons and hillbillies and other stuff through and we've got the second issue of albatross exploding funny books which is his anthology series uh bringing together a whole lot of his, his titles and and in a, in a issue by issue series, right? Written by Eric Powell and Lucky Yates, and art and cover art by Eric Powell. This is the second issue of Exploding Funny Books. Eric Powell brings you more tales of adventure, horror, and stupidity. The goon finds himself at the mercy of some snaggletooth morons with a lust for blood. La Diabla faces off against a vengeful rival known as Clean Machine. Interestingly, I didn't notice this from the first issue uh, solicitation. Rondell teams up with an old friend in Hillbilly, The Treachery of Twelve Pluto Maggie, Part 2. Of course, that was originally solicited as its own ongoing series, and uh, it appears has has disappeared into this. So 
Uh, I'm really pleased to see that that's, that's where it's gone, so I will be picking up issue one and two of this. And finally, Lester of the Lesser Gods continues his journey through the apocalypse to prove his worth to his jerk of a father. Um, this sounds like really interesting stuff. If it's Eric Powell's art all over it, then I'm I'm sold. Yeah, I mean, I, I threw you an Eric Powell original today in store from, from my own collection, one of my favourite books I've read recently called Big Man Plants. I just love Eric Powell's style in general through The Goon. Mm. You've read all of Hillbilly, of course. But yeah, it's yeah. good to see that that title has found a new life elsewhere because for a long time it was just a case of month on month. Is this ever going to come out? Yeah, yeah. So uh, Albatross Funny Books there. Uh, just a few more just to finish off with from the indie book. The first one being from Aftershock. This is a title called The Brother of All Men. It's written by Zach Thompson, art by Owen Marin. It is 1928. Veteran of the Great War and part-time private eye Guy Horn travels to a remote community in Western Canada to retrieve his estranged brother from the clutches of a dangerous cult. As Guy struggles to gain control of his own personal demons, he's tantalised by the cause and its charismatic leader, Brother Twelve. A tightly plotted horror mystery based on a true story, in bold, no less, based on a true story, wherein writer Zach Thompson, I Breathe the Body Undone by Blood, joins forces with artist Owen Marn, Killer Groove, for a new miniseries that blends the unexpected twists of hard-boiled detective noir with the uncanny traditions of folk horror. That just sounds right up my street. So. Very nice. Um, swinging into a label that I don't normally touch, and that's American Mythology Productions, but they've got uh, issue one of a, a book called Two Gun Terror. And you know I'm a bit of a, a bit of a sucker for anything Western, but even more so uh, Western horror. And this has skeletal outlaws, demonic coachmen, quick-drawing mask monsters. Step back in time with us to the haunted Old West where the monsters aren't just the outlaws. Three terrifying new tales of two-gone justice and creature carnage are on tap, uh, told in glorious stark black and white. Uh, Geo Parsons, writer of Willie's Wonderland movie, and Jason Craig, Freddy vs. Jason vs. Ash, deliver a devil's bargain that will leave you dying for more in The Coachman. Strap on your spurs and load the silver bullets. These stories are going to leave scars. Um, so yeah, a range of range of creators uh, there. And uh, that's kind of interesting. It reminds me of... Um, a role-playing game called Deadlands, mm-hmm. uh, which is that you know Western meets horror, so it's a it's a genre mashup that I'm I'm really keen on. So, uh, yeah, yeah, we really got to get you onto the Sixth Gun. Yeah, it's yeah. Only press title Colin Bond, and it's uh, horror meets Western. But yeah, as soon as I turned the page in this one and saw, I think it was cover C there, basically like a skeletal cowboy with a gun in his hand. I thought, yep, this is a Keith title. <laughs> Absolutely. Um, so swinging straight into uh, AWA Studios, uh, and we have one that I know you're looking forward to by Peter Milligan and Mike Diodato. Uh, so with that uh, that team, uh, I can see where you might be looking forward to it, and also by the slightly Blade Runner-y looking uh, cover art and, and logo. Uh, it's called Absolution. It's the first issue of uh, probably five, uh, I imagine. Um, Nina Ryan was a hired killer who brought nothing but pain and suffering to the world. Now she has a month to prove that she can change, a month to make up for her crimes and find absolution. Uh, or bombs that have been implanted in her head will explode, killing her instantly. As her journey of atonement is live streamed to a fickle public, Nina is about to discover that the road to redemption might be splattered with blood. 
yeah, you just you can't go wrong with AWA stuff. I mean, Mike Diodato Jr. seems to be the closest thing they have to a, an in-house artist, if you mm. will, because he's he's across a lot of titles. Of course, did great work on Redemption, does the uh, <clears throat> Resistance books with J. Michael Straczynski, did Bad Mother as well. So, mm-hmm. yeah, very much the in-house artist. But yeah, I think you just can't miss with the AWA stuff. They're always genre pieces. They're always interesting. They're always well-drawn, well-produced. And if you're a fan more of the graphic novels as opposed to single issues, they always release their trades at $10. So definitely a label worth giving a, uh, a chance to. And then just two more to finish off with, both from myself. The first one is from a publisher called Humanoids. Now, Humanoids seem to focus very much more on world titles. They don't focus just on <clears throat> American comics, Canadian creators or British creators. You know, they do stuff from Spanish, Italian, Asian creators, all sorts. Uh, but this one caught my eye simply because the preview art is absolutely phenomenal for this. It's a series called the Deluxe Gimenez. And it's a special edition which collects the great solo works of the Meta Barons co-creator Juan Gimenez, an artist with a limitless imagination. So this is a 384-page hardcover. Uh, this collection includes two works. The first, The Elegant Space Opera, The Fourth Power, is about the odyssey of star soldier Exeter Mega, who discovers she's at the centre of a complex secret experiment to create the ultimate weapon of war. The second is the wild intergalactic romp, The Star Conspiracy, which follows an aspiring young journalist on a wild chase to uncover the conspiratorial scoop of the century. As I say, the, the preview pages for this are absolutely incredible and uh, definitely one to keep an eye out for. And again, something that's a little bit different from the, the traditional big two in, in the comic world. But the one that I'm going to finish off with is just one of the most fun comics of the last few years. Well, it's a sequel to one of the most fun comics. Uh, there's a great vault title called Barbaric and it is coming back with a sequel, book two, Axe to Grind. So Owen and the Axe are back. It's the moment we've all been waiting for, the start of an all-new arc of Barbaric. Follow Owen and his magical companion, the tender Talking Axe, as they spread kindness and hope in a world gone bad. Just kidding. Owen, Axe and Soren are back and so is all the mayhem and bloodshed that follows them wherever they go. This time they're out to settle an old score against Gladius, a wicked asshole who did Owen wrong way back in his Barbarian days. As always, it's just effing Barbaric. I love that series. That's so much fun. It's essentially <laughs> Conan, but told through like a fourteen-year-old sense of humor. It's very pure island places, but it's very, <laughs> very fun. So yeah, that brings us to the end of the previews podcast and the end of the previews books. So that was our journey through the May books. A predominant amount of those titles are released <clears throat> in July, although there are some advanced solicits for some other titles. As ever, as ever anything catches your eye, either email the store, get us on Facebook, pop in. We can get any titles that interest you onto your pull list, give you a bit more information on them if required. Or again, you can just have we flick through the books if you're in the store. Uh, the cutoff point for this order will be, I think it's around the 20th of May. So you have a good few weeks before the orders are due. We, we got this one out nice and early, which we're always happy to do. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, yeah, again, anything catches your eye, just let us know and we'll get you sorted. And again, if you don't have a pull list with us, we don't have any minimum or maximum amount of titles on a pull list. So if you only want one or two, that's certainly not a problem. Uh, so, again, any more information you need, just pop in the store and we will get you sorted. So many thanks, as always, to Mr. Miller for going through the previews books with me, picking out some great looking stuff and uh, yep. providing all the more Marvel context I need. Yeah, no, that was uh, that was really good fun, and uh, as ever, there's 
more stuff on my pool list now than there was whenever we started. <laughs> That's usually how it goes, even when we set equipment. So, yeah, again, thanks to, to Keith for his company and conversation this evening, and thank you guys for listening. As ever, I hope this proved entertaining and useful to you as well. So we'll look forward to seeing you in the stores soon. Take it I've been Alan Taylor, and this has been Keith Miller. You can find Alan in store at Coffee and Heroes and on Twitter where Alan is at Coffee and Heroes 1 and I'm Ascanison00. Coffee and Heroes is a local comic book shop, coffee shop and community hub in Northern Ireland based at Smithfield Market in the centre of Belfast. You can find Coffee and Heroes on Facebook, Twitter and Instagram or email us at coffeeandheroes at hotmail.com. Make sure to check out our YouTube channel as well. The Coffee and Heroes podcast is available on Spotify, SoundCloud, Apple Podcasts and through all good podcast platforms. Please like and subscribe and leave a review so more people can find us. And until next time, happy reading and hope to see you in store.